Transmitting from WebmasterRadio.fm, World Headquarters in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Get ready to tap into the minds of the founding fathers of SEO. Rocket, rocket to the next generation of search engine optimization 3.0 with traffic that will put your website into a head-on collision. Decades of combined SEO expertise give their take on the world of SEO and give you free expert advice with their weekly site clinic. Now, here are the princes of PageRank, the heroes of HTML, the sultans of search, the SEO, SEO rock stars. That's right, folks. I want to welcome you to this Tuesday, December the 4th, 2012 edition of the SEO Rockstars. My name is Darren Bowen of WebmasterRadio.fm. And joining me today is my co-host, the chairman of Sempo, Chris Boggs. How are you doing, Chris? Doing great, Darren. Good to be back. Fantastic, my friend. Fantastic. Once again, I got to tell you. Uh, exciting week out there, and um, we've had feedback, of course, uh, from folks out there saying, you know, they couldn't get enough of Dwayne Forrester of B. <laughs> they really like Dwayne. So uh, there, there have been some updates over uh, at the Being Webmaster guidelines, and of course, we thought that today we would bring on Dwayne Forrester, senior product manager. Uh, and he also works with Bing Webmaster Tools. He's also the commentator for Webmaster Radio's very own Behind Bing segment right here on the SEO Rockstars. And, of course, head Canadian dance shoe inventor, ladies and gentlemen, Dwayne Forrester. Hey, thank you very much, Darren. Chris, always a pleasure to be on the show with you guys. <laughs> Buddy, I couldn't, I couldn't help it. You know, uh, I, I know the whole Canadian thing. You know, you fall into that category. Um, yeah, I was- it was back last week. I got my uh, my infusion of maple syrup into my blood veins, so we're we're ready to go now. Yeah, I know. Sometimes doing lunch with with uh, Terrence and Philip can can be a rough thing. Um, so I, I gotta say, you know, we have we've greatly enjoyed having you on uh, and, and exploring more. Uh, you know, not only best practices. Uh, with Bing, but you know, really good, solid best practices for for people looking to do good quality organic SEO. And um, uh, most recently, you guys have made some updates uh, over at Bing Webmaster Guidelines. I know Chris, you you uh, dove into this uh, kind of head first, uh, and, and I know we have some questions for you on this way, Chris. Okay. Yeah, so as you know, Dwayne, and as everyone that's known in this industry, that's been in the industry for a while, uh, whenever search engines update their webmaster guidelines, there's always an uproar and, uh, and a deep analysis of what's been changed and what hasn't been changed and why there's now an accent aigu over that one E and things yeah, like that. Exactly. Um, the, the, the part about it that, you know, to me, um, I'm, I'm grateful that there's others that do it because I certainly am not going to go word for word and look for changes. So, um, to start with, I just wanted to just say, uh, you know, there's a lot of people out here, uh, that are listening and that are, are curious as to what, what has changed. And maybe, um, you know, I've got, I've certainly got the document in front of me and I do want to go through some specific questions. So without yeah. being, you know, too, uh, granular, if you could just kind of from a high level, 
um, provide uh, some insight into what's changed with the Bing Webmaster Guidelines and, and yeah, so, sort of when these changes happen, just from a well, dating perspective. Th there's a couple of things to keep in mind. Um, the guidelines themselves, um, these guidelines as we see them online today, they've never existed in this form online before. So in one sense, there is a very large change in the fact that we've actually posted the guidelines for the first time ever. Um, behind this, there's also the layers of information that we've been sharing, uh, that I myself have been sharing for the last you know, two to three plus years, um, but also that Bing, when it was live search and MSN search, was also sharing out with the community. Um, by and large, there hasn't been a lot of changes in things. You know, still a big focus on content, on the quality of content, on building links the right way. Um, but you'll start to notice some things creeping in, like you know, the kind of official notification that social media plays a role. Um, I think it's really important for people to start to understand what those things mean. And you know, obviously, happy to answer those questions. But with this document, we didn't feel that we wanted to go into every bit of the nuance and every bit of the detail. Those are held for blog posts and videos and so on. Okay. So, uh, and I have a question to that point coming up in a little bit, but just for, right from the get-go, my editor eye, um, you know, and, and I'm used to search engine speak, and I'm sure that you guys, uh, and by that I mean, you know, there's certain, uh, the, the relationship between a search engine and a search engine optimizer has always been tenuous because I think it is a little bit symbiotic. Uh, ideally, the good, uh, quote-unquote, search engine optimizers out there are helping to promote uh, positive content and rich experiences for uh, users that find that content on search engine A or B, in this case B, right? Or, and uh, yeah. you are our A in my heart, of course, Twin. But, oh, well, so, thank you, Chris. <laughs> um, that being said, as a quick background, I, I think I find it very interesting the way that the initial sentence is written. It says, these guidelines cover a broad range of topics and are intended to help your content be found and indexed within Bing. So when I first read that, I said, well, to me, I always think, if I'm thinking search engine, obviously it has to be indexed and it needs to be crawled and accessible, for, so it does need to be found and indexed. But then I'm thinking, well, I've already kind of glanced down below and I see SEO, so isn't it more than just found and indexed? And then I'm thinking, well, maybe they meant it to read indexed and found then subsequently as a result of implementing some basic SEO. So that very kind of nerdy editorial question is the first one. Why use found and indexed within Bing? Was there any deep thought that went behind that? Was that just the way that it sounded best? And, and uh, your thoughts? Well, um, a couple of thoughts. One, you are a nerd. There's no question about that, Chris. Um, the, uh, the, but to really get to kind of what you're driving at there, um, you know, a lot of what we're doing is we're targeting SMBs. Um, most of the people who come to use our tools are small, medium business size owners. You know, they're maintaining one or two websites. They may have a maximum of four employees in their company. Um, SEO is something that they do as a part-time tactic, not a full-time tactic. So anytime we try to put out content, we do it with this idea of making it as simplified and obvious for that market segment. Bring the out the SEO, crayons. Pardon me? Bring out the crayons. Yeah, yeah. Totally, totally. Because as an SEO, I mean, you know, you, me, every one of us will look at this and go, yeah, yeah, found, indexed, got it, straightforward. Those are the obvious things that have to happen. A lot of businesses have no concept that the first step in this is us actually finding your content 
and crawling it so we can determine if it should be in the index or not. They, they don't understand the building blocks of how that entire process works. So, you know, obviously we want to lead in with something very simplistic on this. Um, and there's also a lot of different groups within the Bing ecosystem, inside the search engine, that all have a hand in making the search results happen. And also, Dwayne, it seems as if the word found could then maybe potentially be uh, a little bit tricky for somebody that doesn't know what found means. Maybe they're thinking instead of found like we need to find your content, we're a search engine, maybe they're thinking that you've already found it and they're thinking found like I want to find it on the first page of the search results. Yeah, and you know, these are these are kind of semantic discussions. I mean, we have them internally. Um, we have uh, sure. all, like well, all of the different groups within Bing's ecosystem, they all have a hand in the creation of these guidelines because they all have a hand in ultimately the indexing, the ranking, and the mm -hmm. search results that show up. So, you know, this product is a product of many minds coming into this, right? Um, but um, but it's also a set of guidelines that are living. This is a living document. And over time, we will edit, we will expand, we will add, we will take things away as they become less or more relevant. Nice. And that's when, the, that's when the real sleuths will discover exactly what letters have changed. Darren, oh, what are your yeah. thoughts? Yeah, you know, look, I, I, I think from a historical standpoint, um, you know, we, we look, uh, a, a lot of us who've been in search for a long time, we tend to take a look at, at these guidelines very, very granularly. And it's not, um, and in fairness, Dwayne, um, you know, not necessarily coming uh, or, or originating out of being to begin with, but, but there, there's been a long history, um, you know, uh, of guidelines coming out and, and there being kind of like some, some gray areas in there uh, that really do need defining um, that 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 help a webmaster, um, you know, or a small medium-sized business owner to craft their site in a manner that not only benefits them, but it benefits the the engine because it benefits the end user. And um, yeah. I, th I think ultimately there's there's a balancing act that you know I know has to happen between you know the engine side and not giving away the farm. Um, you know, for those would-be webmasters that would take advantage, we all know they exist. Um, but but finding you know striking that balance between true best practices and disseminating that information without it needing to be um, you know such a granular chore. Um, and, and so I definitely think you know you guys are fighting a bit of a history um, with those of us who have been in this for a while that have felt the need to have to do that in the past. Oh, absolutely, Darren. I mean, you know, I've, I've been doing this, what, 13 plus years now, and, you know, like, I've lived that particular pain, right? And, you know, you get to the point where it's like, you know, how much information is valuable? How much of this is factual? How much of this is gray area or marketing speak? And how much of this allows me to take an actual action that has a benefit to me. And, you know, this is kind of a stake in the ground for us. This is a, a chance for us to say, okay, here are the broad strokes on this, and we'll get into some of the stuff that matters on it. But ultimately, what you're getting at, those are the battles that I fight internally with my teams every week. And that's where I'm trying to make strides and get these teams to open up and say, okay, you know, here's how we do crawling. Here's why we do crawling. Here's what matters when we do crawling. Here are the problems 
that we constantly see on the Internet, and here's how people can avoid them. And those are the blog posts that we consistently try to bring out every week so that people have that deeper reference point. You know, um, Over time, I suspect what's going to happen is you know, as we update our guidelines, some of those things, as they become more tried and true and long-term and their viability is proven to be a factor of years, uh, those things will migrate into the guidelines as kind of more best practices that can be added in. And ultimately, it becomes that one touch point where people can go to it and say, yeah, you know what? Trusted resource. I got my answers. These are the broad strokes. I need to adhere to these things because the engine said so. And, you know, historically, the engines have, it's been a challenge to, you know, be able to share that stuff. And, you know, I'm inside the engine now, and, you know, I used to be an in-house SEO, and now that I'm inside the engine, I'm, I'm absolutely surprised at how much we can share. And so this is the beginning of that. Yay. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Well, let's do this. We are going to take a quick break, folks. When we come back, we're going to get past the first sentence of this and get into the meat <laughs> of some of the actual updates to the Bing Webmaster Guidelines. Stay with us, folks. More to come with Dwayne Forrester from Bing right after this quick break. You're listening to the SEO Rockstars, exclusively on webmasterradio.fm. Rise links and web indexes. Take a bow to the largest link map in the world. Majestic SEO. Majestic SEO wields its virtual sort with speed and accuracy to deliver detailed reports of your company's link data and that of your competition. Let Majestic SEO make you your own king of internet marketers and join the crusade of clients and agencies that have chosen the noble choice for link intelligence. MajesticSEO.com Maximize ROI to use your time and let Majestic wield its mighty sword. MajesticSEO.com It's good to be king. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. 
Ho, ho, ho! This is Tim Ash, your host for LPO, Landing Page Optimization, CEO of Site Tuners, and chairperson of the Conversion Conference. I want to wish all of you a rocking fourth quarter, a great start to the new year, and higher conversions in 2013. And that's in case we're still around and the world doesn't really come to an end. From all of us to all of you, webmasterradio.fm. Wishing you happy holidays and a prosperous new year. Now, let's get back to jamming and spamming with the SEO rock stars exclusively on WebmasterRadio.fm. And folks, welcome on back to this second segment of this week's edition of the SEO Rockstars. You're listening to this on Tuesday, December the 4th, 2012, or maybe sometime thereafter in podcast format. Folks, we want to thank you for listening to this edition of the SEO Rockstars. I am joined by my co-host, Chris Boggs, the chairman of Sempo, and of course, today's guest, Dwayne Forrester, senior product manager and the gentleman over there kicking Bing Webmaster Tools into shape and our very commentator for Behind Bing right here on the SEO Rockstars, Dwayne Forrester. How are you, buddy? I am incredible. I'm also delusional. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Chris, you know, as we, as we were bumping out of here, you know, looking at um, – at the guidelines here, uh, um, and listening to what um, Dwayne is saying, like I'm kind of excited about this, you know. Like I kind of, it kind of, um, it kind of sounds like you know there's a lot more room in here, um, you know, for a bit more understanding uh, about things that you know maybe we haven't uh, you know been able to access before. I'm very excited, and I hate to. Because sometimes the coming to America reference comes off bad, but I, I think that this is kind of funny because it's not, and just because we know Google so much and they've had their webmaster guidelines out so long and et cetera, et cetera, this is, has a little bit of a McDowell's fun flavor to it. So uh, some people out there, speaking of nerds, will will probably get that reference. Uh, but I, I agree, this is exciting. Uh, there are some things in here. Let's talk about a couple of things. Uh, you know, social, I think we should talk about in a moment, but let's finish off on technical. Um, the, the one that jumps out at me right away is page load time. And uh, I think that's, you know, it, to me, that's a statement uh, that ties in probably the user experience. T- tell us about uh, uh, why that is, you know, why that one merited being uh, sort of a bold headline in the guidelines versus being one of the factors listed below. Yeah, um, you know, I, it kills me to do this, Chris, but uh, you nailed it, man. i got to give you credit for it. Um, it comes down to user experience. Uh, that's ultimately what this is. I mean, you know, if you look at this from the search engine's perspective, okay, just you, you're all in the search engine now. The number one thing that matters to you, being a member of this fraternity as a member of the search engine, is the interaction of the searcher with your search results. That's what we're in it for. So we have to make sure the quality of our results is excellent every time. Now, we think we do a pretty good job of that, but ultimately, the arbiter of whether we're doing well or doing poorly is the searcher. We want to make sure that as often as we possibly can, we provide them with an excellent experience. The right result, a website that they enjoy going to that gives them the information they want, 
and a way to complete the task they came online and started. Page load time is one of those key factors. I mean, we've all been in that position. Click on a search result, go to the result, nothing's loading, it takes a couple seconds, you hit the back button, you go to the second result. There you go. I mean, there's a lot of signals we're getting back from that interaction, one of which was that slow page load time pissed off the searcher enough that they hit the back button. They're not willing to wait for you. And that is a direct impact on their satisfaction because of that poor user experience. So that page load time becomes very important. Now, what people have to realize, I mean, ever since this conversation around page load time, PLT, really started up, everyone's been after that holy grail. What's the number? Is it one second? Is it half a second? Is it three seconds? The answer is the number is highly variable. What you should be doing, though, is you should be doing usability testing. You should be actually bringing people to your website and having them engage with your product and seeing what their level of satisfaction is. And if you see that their satisfaction goes down because they think the page takes too long to load, then, man, you've got to take a look at it. Maybe you've got too many images, embedded videos, you're calling too many things in from other places and blocking the page from loading until those objects show up. I mean, don't place yourself at the mercy of a third-party website when you could just leave that block empty, put the rest of your content in place, and the rest of it can come in later. I mean, you got to be Wayne, I have one fear. I have one fear here, and I'm curious if it's something I'm sure it probably is, and, and maybe it's not even really an issue, or it could be a non-issue because of the scale and the volume. But what about pockets where there is slow Internet connections um, and, and potentially users that have a tendency to backlink because almost everything they're trying to load is slow? Uh, is that something that, obviously, if it became an issue where there was enough scale and volume that it could affect that, that you would somehow block from happening? Because I would hate to, you know, yeah. have a target market that has slow Internet speed. Then, you know? No, no, totally, totally. And, you know, that's the beauty of our position as a search engine. You know, we've got that visibility across these things. I mean, we know who the ISPs are. We know what the, you know, the actual timings are running on calls across different nodes across the Internet. Mm. And quite frankly, if we see things like that starting to, to load in, what we don't do is we don't take that instantaneous snapshot. We don't look at it and say, we clicked on this one page, and this one page load, uh, loaded slowly, ergo, your entire website sucks, and we should drop you down in the rankings. You know, It's a factor of multiple times of touching that we start seeing this. And it's not just us touching, it's that searcher touching. I mean... If you come into my search results, click on number one, it's got a slow page load time, you go back, you click on number two, and you disappear from us, well, then, obviously, you're engaged with number two. Mm. And their so page this, load, uh, you know, yeah, go ahead. so, yeah, and so we're, we're very, as we try to be as flexible as we can, obviously, so that if we see that there are variances across Internet connections, that's something that you do not want to be hurting you, and we don't want to apply against you, right? Yeah. But when we, will, when, you know, when we hit a server, for example, and, you know, the server has, you know, um, I don't know, uh, a query rate set on it that limits our ability to call information. Okay, that's a clue to us that, you know, there might be an issue here down the road. Well, so, and, and if I understand correctly, um, you're monitoring the experience there. Uh, if it's a bad enough experience that, that uh, an end user backs out, um, and back into the SERPs and, and goes down the SERPs, um, you're seeing that. You're, you're, you're denoting that. 
Um, and, and that adds up over time in, um, you know, in, in regards to how your being is perceiving, uh, the, the, the viability of, of that URL that's indexed. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, it comes down to, was that a quality result as voted by the searcher? And it could be a number of different things. Your page load time might be exemplary. It might just be totally lickety split. And yet, when the user sees that page, they immediately know it's not for them. Maybe they were looking for a site, they would recognize the site, they thought that was you, that wasn't you, and they, they know that's not you. You're not the right result for them. And, you know, a bad example of this is somebody imitating a brand name, getting ranked on a long tail phrase, a user goes in and then suddenly realizes, oh crap, this isn't the real website, and they back out. I mean, you know, there's there, there's a lot of different aspects to it that we're watching, and that's also why there are no instantaneous decisions on these things. Now, granted, if we come across something, we see malware, we take action immediately on it. We don't wait a bunch of times to see how it all sorts out. But when it comes to issues like page load time, user experience, and how people are interacting, it's not the instant on that happens with this stuff, right? It's the cumulative effect. And we do have the, you know, we're fortunate that we've got millions of people clicking on search results every day, mm. every hour. So, you know, our testing happens very rapidly. And, it and with automatic, they have, they have instructions to uh, send any uh, unexpected adult content directly to Dwayne, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that's why when I, when I started here, I had to sign a contract that actually said that. I couldn't hold the, account, the company accountable for anything I came across during my work day that was off-color. So, uh, you know, I've got two inboxes here, right? One for work and, and one for, quote, work. So. Nice. <laughs> uh, folks, we've got to take one more quick break. Guys, when we come back, we're going to add the little dots here. We're going to cross the T's on some of the updates here from uh, Bing Webmaster Tools right here with today's guest, Dwayne Forrester. Stay with us, folks. You're listening to the SEO Rockstars, exclusively on webmasterradio.fm. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrands with a Z for eBrands. 
Celebrating the best in online advertising, the Web Marketing Association presents the 11th Annual Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Submit your banner ads, email ads, rich media, online newsletters, websites, and social media campaigns now by going to www.iacaward.org. Deadline for entries is January 31st, 2013. All winners will have their entry highlighted on the Internet Advertising Competition website as well as receive a handsome trophy to display or a personalized certificate of achievement. Be honored among your online advertising peers by submitting your entry today into the Web Marketing Association's 11th Annual IAC Awards. Go to www.iacaward.org now. Hi, this is Jillian Music, your CEO coach at webmasterradio.fm, wishing you a wonderful holiday season 2012 and an extraordinary new year in 2013. From all of us to all of you, webmasterradio.fm, wishing you happy holidays and a prosperous new year. Let's get back to jamming and spamming with the SEO rock stars exclusively on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back, folks, to this Tuesday, December the 4th, 2012 edition of the SEO rock stars. My name is Darren Babin from webmasterradio.fm, and I'm joined by my co host, Chris Boggs, the chairman of Sempo, and we are talking today with Dwayne Forrester. He is the senior product manager over at Bing and, of course, works with Bing Webmaster Tools. He is the commentator for Webmaster Radio's very own Behind Bing segment right here on the SEO Rockstars. And today we're talking to Dwayne about the Bing Webmaster Guidelines, which, of course, folks, we're going to make sure we post a link to these guidelines right over on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash SEO Rockstars. While you're there... Just click on that link and check it out. Make sure you like our page so you can stay current. And of course, uh, you'll be able to ask questions in the very near future directly to Wayne, Dwayne, <laughs> right there on our page. Uh, Dwayne, you know, I gotta say, there's there's a lot of of uh, content in here. There's, I mean, the, folks, there's way too much for us to really dive into. So I'm going to encourage you to run over and and click that link and go check it out for yourself. But there are some things in here that we should definitely highlight that are the things to avoid at at being webmaster guidelines. Uh, and the number one on that list is cloaking. Can you tell? And and I gotta say, with respect to cloaking, if someone said. Um, we do IP delivery, and we do it for a variety of reasons, one being uh, the delivery of uh, geographically targeted offers and things of this nature. Languages. Uh, exactly. How do, you, how do you reply to that? Yeah, so, I mean, ultimately, this is, this is guidance that helps people who don't understand the technicalities around delivering content on a global scale, Right. 
you know, what we're really focusing in on here is, look, do not show content to your visitors that you're not showing to BingBot. Make sure whatever the visitor sees is exactly what our crawler sees when it shows up on your website. That's the cloaking that we are focused on. If you are engaging in showing BingBot a particular form of content and then swapping that out and it's completely different for your visitors, you know what? You're going to get crushed for that. No question about it. But the reality is, at scale, there are times when you know you do have to deal with this at a global level. But again, it's about your intent. And if what you're doing is you're saying, oh, hang on a second. In Canada, in English, they use this form of the word. In the United States, in English, they use this form of the word. The correct form. Content changes. It could be the correct form, or it could be the <laughs> form from the country that lost the war. And Sorry, I couldn't let that one slip by. You know, um, yeah, and um, the reality, though, is that we understand those differences exist. And, you know, if you're truly serving your local market and that's how you're managing it, you're not going to get stomped on because of that. That's a legitimate use of technology. So However, I've got a quick question, if I can interject. Oh, by you all just means. said something before I forget. You said we're going to come down with the hammer or something like that that sounded very <laughs> tough and mean. Yeah. Does this mean that now that you're putting this out, should webmasters expect that there might be more hammering? Uh, now that you're giving us more info, that means that... No, no there'll be no more hammering than normal, Chris. Okay. <laughs> and, and in fairness, you, know, it's, you really have to step up and do a lot of work to, for, to have a search engine take direct aim at you and take yeah. that action. You know, you've got to work at that, right? Because we don't look at these scenarios and say, everyone's a spammer, everyone's out to screw us. We look at these situations and say, why are people using this technology in this way? And is it a long-term adverse problem if we show them to our searchers? And 99% of the time, all problems are avoided by simply not ranking them well. It's just that simple. Dwayne, like buying links, you know? Go ahead, buy all the links you want. Spend your company's money. It's not going to help you in rankings. So that, that's that's my next question. Link schemes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, love them. It's a great yeah. way for us to spot patterns and you know and, and round up websites that are doing the wrong things. So so obviously link farms, three way linking, um, you know, a, a, anything that that doesn't uh, appear natural. Right. Right. Yeah. I'll give you an example of this. Um, so, and the example I'm going to pull is going to come from the social media schemes, right? This, this idea of a like farm. I mean, you know, most of the listeners of the show are going to be well attuned to the concept of a link farm where, you know, we all agree to link to each other and there you go. Um, it's a very small and tight web. And in social, the way this works is um, we all agree to like each other's products. And therefore, the view to the search engine that comes about from all of this liking activity, it looks like a lollipop. It's this little Tootsie Pop thing, right? A little stick and a little ball. But it has a finite size and a finite reach, and it's generally spherical if you looked at it as an image. That is not truly organic because the people who like me and know me and share my information not all of those people like or know Chris Boggs. Therefore, when my information gets shared through my area socially, it acts more like a lightning bolt, and it just continues to arc off into the distance. And that's a much more natural and organic product. We can see that view. We can see that pattern developing. 
Link firms, like firms, they all have similar patterns. It's all very limited in its scope and obvious. And, you know, people continue to invest in these things, and they constantly forget the fact that the search engines are really good at spotting patterns on the Internet. I mean, but I'm know, concerned again. What if you accidentally false positive? What if there's two kids at high school that always share the same sh- stuff, uh, and they really dig this one brand of footwear or something like that? How yep. do you know that that you know? And and I know that it's got to be a, gr- a greater scale, and the lollipop's got to be a lot bigger. But it just concerns me when you're doing that kind of statistical analysis. Mm-hmm. that the likelihood of false positives exists. Yeah, well, there's also a component here of time, right? And what we also want to see is we want to see what your natural pattern looks like so that if something pops up suddenly, so, for example, if these kids were doing this, we would see the pattern of them doing it. So every time the shoe manufacturer released a new product, the kids go ape shit for it, and that pattern pops up. That then just becomes a normal part of the pattern around that particular brand because those kids are fanboys and they do have that voice and they have a very tight-knit small group of people and that's okay but in reality if the company shows up one day and says hey you know what we're going to spend twenty thousand dollars on a link building campaign and a liking campaign and tomorrow right. morning we're going to have a hundred thousand links and we're going to yeah. have a hundred thousand new likes yeah so what you just told me uh, let, let's just quickly uh, just condense this. What you told me now is that based on what we just talked about, I need to go out and find two kids in high school that like my content, give them $1,200, one one-hundredth of that 120 k budget. They're going to go even more ape shit about it, and you guys won't know. Well, no, Chris. I mean, we're going to lose all the patterns, right? Like it's, it, it's never as simple as one signal. That's, and yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. problem that most SEOs, they get fixated on one thing, and they start digging in on it to see if the there's kids, a way to get the kids. <laughs> you know, it's like, not that easy. Yeah, yeah. And, and of course, folks, there's, there's some other don'ts in there. Uh, the meta, meta refresh, redirects, duplicate content, some of the things that, that we, we already know. Um, and I, I think the, the point to take away here, folks, is in the guidelines – there, you know, there, there's a lot of things that are, are directly saying that you should do and to be aware of. So uh, I would definitely make sure that you, you head on over to facebook.com forward slash SEO Rockstars. Click on the Bing Webmaster Guidelines link right there in our profile and uh, make sure you chase that down and go make yourself uh, thoroughly acquainted with it. If you've got questions... Great thing, you can run right straight back over to Facebook, post that question for Dwayne, and he'd be happy to address it on his segment right here uh, on Behind Being during the SEO Rockstars. Dwayne, I got to say, my friend, this has been very, very enlightening. I know we could go on and on and on (laughs) around this topic, uh, but I definitely appreciate you taking the time to come on uh, today's Rockstars to talk to us about uh, the new updates over at Big Webmaster Guidelines. Oh, definitely. And guys, thank you for having me, too. Yeah, I, I love getting getting into this with you guys. It's awesome. Woo-hoo. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. Folks, that's going to do it for another edition right here this Tuesday, December the 4th, 2012, of the SEO Rockstars on behalf of Dwayne Forrester and Chris Boggs. For myself, 
And everybody here at Webmaster Radio, we want to thank you for listening to the SEO Rockstars. We'll see you next week for another edition. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.